family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Strong, Paradigm President, and welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We're excited to be with you today again on Business Radio X and are coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. I want to remind everybody, if you would, please hit that subscribe button so that uh, I know that you're there. I can get a little tab on somebody coming in and just kind of boost this show a little bit. Each week we plan to feature businesses and people in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve in Gwinnett County. And while all businesses and some way have security concerns, not all are about physical security. And we'll touch on that and related aspects of security through the course of each show. My guest today, I'm very happy to have Dr. Rich McCormick. He is a candidate for Georgia's 7th Congressional District. I'll get that word out in a minute. But, um, you know, there's a lot of, lot of stuff on the radio, a lot of stuff on TV. So I thought we'd just kind of get down to the to the nitty-gritty of it. And thank you very much for coming on. Can I call you Rich? Absolutely. It's uh, my honor to be here. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate it. Well, I like to always start out, a lot of people, they've heard your name, they see the ads, uh, they've heard what you do, but, uh, but nobody may, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't really know who you are uh, on a personal basis. And, you know, how about... You know, just telling everybody who you are, where you come from, maybe where you were born, how you how you got here, and how you got into running for a public office. Sure, it's a uh, it's a great story. It's the American dream. It's it's the story of hope and and uh, kind of what I want to reinforce in my candidacy and, and moving forward for my sons and for my uh, my children's children. And so I grew up in I was born in Vegas. My dad was a deputy sheriff. We soon moved to Oregon, and I grew up uh, in a single-parent family. Uh, I, I used to tar the roof of our garage, painted the house, literally on top of the house, so I leaned over doing the, uh, the edge work and uh, used to uh, work as a paper boy. I picked berries in the fields with the migrant workers. Uh, when I got old enough, I actually got a job as a busboy and then a short-order cook. I uh, was going to go enlist in the Marine Corps and then saw that movie Top Gun. <laughs> literally changed my life uh, just like so many other people uh, came in I'd only applied to one college uh, went there and and everybody that impressed me though was a marine and I, I was like well how do you do that and so once they told me I had to get good grades and be real fit that's exactly what I did uh, I was commissioned in 1990 as a Marine Corps officer uh, I became the face of the Marine Corps in the early 90s uh, with the Marine Corps commercial the chessboard commercial uh, that played for several years uh, was on American Gladiators uh, for a few shows, went to the Grand Championship, uh, was fortunate enough to have some really neat experiences, uh, deployed to the Persian Gulf a couple times, uh, off the coast of Somalia, Rwanda, 
then went to a uh, airborne unit called First Anco, did uh, several tours in the mm-hmm. Far East with uh, Korea. Uh, and then towards the end of my Marine Corps career, went to uh, India with President Clinton as part of the presidential support, uh, and then came back to Georgia, uh, where I was the Marine Officer Instructor at Georgia Tech and Morehouse. So I, I was an associate professor at both those schools for four years. Uh, at that point, I became a single parent of three little boys and was going to go to medical school, and, and that's a story in of itself. But I, I will just say that I ended up going to Morehouse because it was the closest school. It ended up being a, a total blessing to me. Uh, when I was at Morehouse School of Medicine, I had to learn a different mentality. Uh, this is a school that's about 60% female, 80% black, 95% liberal. Uh, but we got along great because we were just people getting the job done. And, and uh, my senior year, the same year that President Obama was elected president of the United States, I was elected student body president there. And uh, Interesting. once again, it developed a different leadership style. It's not like the military where I say something and it just happens. Uh, we yeah. had to negotiate, uh, take a step forward, make sure everybody felt good about it. If we didn't, we took a step back and reapproached it. And uh, it was collective bargaining, much, probably much more similar to what you do in Congress trying to solve something when people don't always agree on things. Good um, luck on that part. Yeah. But what's interesting is, is when I was in the primary, one of my uh, opposition uh, opponents was trying to figure out what I said that was so liberal that got me elected student body president at that school. <laughs> and then... When I, after the primary, one of the reporters from the AJC said, well, I bet you if they knew your politics now, they would have never elected you student body president. I thought, well, it didn't really hurt my feelings. I just realized you don't understand me at all. Neither one of you understand me because the politicians and the media will never understand somebody who cares more about people than politics. Absolutely. And this is really what this is about. If, if you move forward and, and look, I went back in the Navy after doing my residency at Emory. I trained mostly at Grady. Um, Went back in the Navy as an ER doc. I served my last combat tour over in 2016 in Afghanistan as department head for Kandahar uh, at a Roll 3 hospital and then retired back here to Georgia. Uh, I'm married to an oncologist now, Dr. Deborah Miller. She works at Hamilton Mill and also at Northside Hospital. And uh, we have seven kids together. Uh, wow. But as, as we move forward and really talk about the American dream, and that's what this whole this whole Tennessee is about is protecting the American dream. Mm-hmm. There is a reason that people are coming from all over the world here to America. They don't come to other countries. They come to America from the Far East, from India, from Africa, from Europe, from South America, from Central America, from Mexico. They come here for economic opportunity, mm-hmm. for freedom, and for security. Those are all things that are staples of the conservative message. And if you look at what the opposition is offering, offering it's not that. People don't come here to get they come here to get away from what they're offering. And the opportunities that we have are very unique to America. And if we are not careful, we will ruin that American dream that, that I'm very, very much dedicated to protecting. Well, you've heard a lot of people that are uh, the minorities, especially Hispanic and stuff, that, that actually talk about you know, people that have come from Cuba. Mm. That's the best example I can give. That say, that doesn't surprise me. I've heard it before. And that's what they left to get away from was that oppression that follows along with uh, we were talking earlier. I said it's like everything is free. We'll give you everything free. You only have to write one check. And that's a big damn check to us. <laughs> and it is. called taxes. And, and it's really and, and you can't pay the taxes if you don't have a job. Let's let's put it Correct. that way. And, and here's where we need to change the narrative and, and own what what is real. And. and if you look at the future of the party, for example, the, the conservative movement, I think that in 
the near future that the Republicans will be seen as the party for minorities and immigrants. I totally agree. That, that sounds crazy to some people. They're like, you're, you're insane. Uh, but I think if you look at the way you can have upward mobility, you can have jobs, you can have uh, the ability to equalize everything else. It's always through economic opportunity mm-hmm. and your freedoms. And the left is not offering that. They're, they're saying, well, I'll give you this stuff free. Well, you won't have a job, but I'll give you this free so you don't have to worry about anything. If you don't have a job, you'll never be equal to anybody. I can give you all the free stuff in America, and you'll never be equal. If you want to be equal, it means upward mobility, the ability to lead a business, the ability to own a business, the ability to, to practice your religious freedoms and, and just really own your future. And that's what we're all about. And the interesting thing is, if you look around the world, you know, everybody talks about looking at Soviet Union or uh, Cuba or old, you know, democracies that have become communist or, yep. or socialist at least. And they're like, oh, yo, that's because the America was really messing with them. Well, look at France and Greece. They're also failing socialist yep. democracies. And then, of course, Venezuela, one of the most uh, absolutely prosperous nations in the world, which in one decade became one of the worst countries in the world because of their socialist promises. Exactly. But I'll even go a step further. Look right here in America. There's two states that have most, the most successful story in world history as far as industry, population growth, opportunities, resources, that's New York and California. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to see is those states are going to lose congressmen in the next go-round. There is no reason that those states are going to lose congressmen except for they're losing their population. What is the only reason that those state populations would be shrinking in the robust economies that they've had historically, the opportunities, the, the history, the resources? Why is the only reason they would lose population? Well, it's a combination of taxes and government oppression. There you go. Regulation and taxation is forcing people out of there. People either say, I don't want to work here because I can't be taxed. I'll make less and get taxed more and my standard of living is less. Or the businesses say, you guys are killing me. We can't survive. And, and what's funny is we, we talk about uh, other countries. And, and let me destroy another narrative that the, the left loves to say, oh, look at these Nordic countries that, are, that have socialized medicine. It works so great for them. That's because they have a corporate tax rate that's half of what ours is. Mm-hmm. They're, more, they're more capitalistic than we are. And if you want to look at different healthcare systems like uh, Canada, where they have a 21 week and getting longer every single year, once you're diagnosed with something to see a specialist, that's why tens of thousands of people come here to America. Here. Yep. Uh, you're 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 feeding a false narrative. And if you want to talk about hope, you want to talk about insurance for everybody. First of all, give everybody a job. Everybody with a job is going to have insurance. And then secondly, for people who can't have a job who are poor, we have a backup for that already. Don't tell me that nobody has insurance. I'm an ER doc. I know that's a false narrative. That's why we have Medicare. That's why we have Medicaid. That's why we have special circumstances, why we have applications in every single state for people who cannot afford health care. Well, nobody gets turned away if you end up going into an emergency room and you've got to have services. Nobody gets turned away. That's right. And, and if you'd let the physicians do what they do best, you'd have way more uh, charity work done by physicians for free if we could get the, the tort reform that we need in order oh, to protect ourselves, too. Absolutely. Well... You know, this all sounds good, but what really qualifies you to be a congressman? Well, first of all, I'm a patriot. Uh, I think you have to have a great love for your country in, a, in, in an altruistic way. Uh, if you look at my lifetime, and I've spent my entire time either serving in the military, serving in my church, 
uh, serving my community, I think you have to be service-oriented. I, some politicians see this as a position of power. I see it as a position of service. I, Thank I spent, you very much. I spent 20 years, over 20 years in the military, over 20 years in, in uh, youth ministries. Uh, I believe in this great country. I give my life for this country. I have two of my three sons will join the Marine Corps. Uh, they get it. They understand this country is worth giving your life for, protecting those freedoms for those people, protecting the opportunities that we have, protecting the American dream that is for everybody, every, every dynamic, every different uh, race, religion, uh, origin, gender. It doesn't matter. This, this dream is for everybody. And the less we're divided, the more we're united under a common goal. And that's one thing that breaks my heart about the whole American flag issue. Hey, I'll give my life so you can burn the flag, so you can kneel. That's fine. It breaks my heart that we don't have a unifying factor in America anymore, that we've t- every single thing that I thought was representing the greatest thing about us in America has been used as a divisive tool by the left. And it breaks my heart because I wish we had one thing we could just say, at least we agree on this, that we're all Americans, that we all generally are good people, that, yes, we have outliers. Uh, look, if you want to talk about police brutality and stuff like that, I can give you statistics. It shows very hopeful trends, by the way, just mm-hmm. in the last decade that are, that are great. Um, but in the end, nobody's going to get more upset about police brutality than a police officer. I can guarantee it's that. It's just like a, a priest that misbehaves. Nobody gets more upset about that than other priests. Yeah, if a Marine misbehaves in war, nobody's going to get more upset about it than a Marine. Than Marine. And, and so let the police do their job and, cl- and, and cl- clean themselves up and, and let, let us work together but without the hatefulness. I think we're going to look back on this time just like we do back on the Vietnam era where we used to spit on soldiers and call them baby killers. And we're going to be ashamed of ourselves how we're treating police officers and, and the rule of authority who are just trying to help a situation. I'm not saying there's not bad cops. Don't get me wrong. No, there are. But and I, coming from that field, I can tell you there are. Yes, sir. But let's have a good conversation and recognize that most good people are out there. And we have to have some unifying things in America that really bring us forward together so we have great dialogue and, and move the needle. Well, it's a very, very, very low percentage of cops that are bad. Yes, sir. And if you people would get off of the rhetoric that is being just vomited by the mainstream media, that this is uh, it's something that is just constantly and it's just occurring and it's all the time. If they would get past that and quit trying to convince people that that's the case, then people could look at it from and understand that it is not it is not normal. It is very rare that this actually happens. They're just highlighted, that's right. and that just like the one with the kneeling on the neck. I don't think there is a single police officer out here that wasn't disgusted by the outcome of that. And you know what's wrong is wrong. Deal with it. But deal with it in a lawful way. All the I have no problem with protests, with peaceful protests. If you have a you have a grievance, that's what the Constitution gives us is that right for peaceful protest. Uh, you had uh, Chris Cuomo one time say, you know, show me anywhere where it says protests are supposed to be peaceful. Well, you know, try looking at the Constitution. It's right there in the words. So I have no problem with that. Violence, chaos. Crime, yeah, I have a He's going to be eating those words. I guarantee oh, you're seeing this not very popular. Uh, you asked for qualifications, not just service, but uh, I have my MBA. Uh, I've taught in, in universities for four years, both at private and public institutions. I've been in the private sector and the public sector. Uh, I believe that, that the good Lord has given me the experiences literally from all over the world, whether it be in the Far East with the Koreans and, and the uh, all over the Far East rims, uh, Japan, Korea, Philippines, uh, India, uh, Africa, 
all over uh, Europe and the Middle East. Uh, that just gives me a better idea of what's happening in the world and how we're going to deal with those foreign policy issues, uh, having an understanding of what the military is, what our strategic and tactical uh, importance is, what our allies are in different regions, and, and who the good players and bad players are, how we're going to affect policy and medicine with uh, the good allies we have, as well as the bad players, and how we need to protect medicine and our strategic um, PPE medicines and stuff like that. I just think that uh, the good Lord has literally prepared me for this moment in time uh, just by giving me those experiences. Well, I think one of the things that I really like the most about you, Rich, is that your whole life has been centered around service, uh, whether it be when you were a kid or going in the service, uh, the military service. You spent all the years, you traveled so many different places. You're in service. You come through you're, as a doctor. That's a service, and you you provide services to people, which is what the Christian way is, is uh, to provide service to your fellow man. That's what it's all about, and it's good to hear somebody that looks at the political agenda as a service rather than as a power grab, and it's so obvious when you spend 50, 40, 50 years in a, an office, in a political office, there's no way that you can you can make it so that it was what our forefathers designed it to be, which was a service by the people that go back into life after a short period of time of service. That's not it anymore. It's a lifetime service and a lifetime power for some people. That's right. Um, well, we've talked a little bit about the conservative message and, you know, I guess think is what's really insignificant about the progressive agenda, and you've talked a little bit about that, but I think you know, I think what's really interesting is what really differentiates you in the points from your opponent. Right. So it's it's a mentality, right? So a philosophy, if you will, between the left and the right right now. If you can see that the left is drifting more and more towards socialism. And, and, and my opponent will probably try to distance herself, say, I'm not a socialist. But mm-hmm. the question is, are you going to vote with your party, aren't you? Because and AOC and Elahar Oman and Pelosi are taking us further and further towards higher taxations, more socialism. We go to uh, a socialized health care that's $32, million, excuse me, $32 trillion more in the next 10 years that will be added to our budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be the biggest single step towards socialism. By the way, you're never done giving away free stuff. Have you ever uh, heard of that? If you give Can that people run book, out of money. That's right. That's right. <laughs> But the problem is that we've seen this all along. Every time we, we continue to increase the government size, and by the way, anytime this, this is another crazy thing about the government. We know that government doesn't do things well. They're not efficient. They're not effective. They're not accountable. And every single government institution, I don't care if it's the post office or Social Security or any other major department of education, department mm-hmm. of edu- energy, what does the government do that's so great? And yet we want to say, I want you to fix something this problem that you guys created that's that's insane we need to think about the people who always solved american problems the people who've given us the most prosperity are the business owners the doctors the people who understand the businesses if you want a business run well you go to a businessman if you want a a physician to give best medicine you let them do their thing the more government gets included in these decisions the more expensive the more regulated 
the less efficient it becomes and less accountable it becomes. That's why President Trump just recently took out 2,500 pages from the approval process for infrastructure. Absolutely. Uh, think about that. It took over a decade to get something approved to fix something in our country, which, by the way, made unfair practices for competition to fix something, made it more expensive, mm -hmm. made it for only the big boys because they're the only ones who can navigate that 10-year process and had the and ability. Still be, a, still be in business. There you go. So we need to get back towards private industry as the solution because we're accountable to each other. It's good business to be clean. It's good business to have diversity. Uh, you're, if you look at the, the businesses with the most diversity, it's not because they've been forced that way because they understand that's great business and it's worked for me. And, and the, 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 the dirty little secret is, we yes, we, we pulled out of the Paris Accord. Guess what? We're the only country who's actually fulfilled the Paris Accord requirements of all the countries that belong to it, yep. ironically, right? Absolutely. And what the only, the only thing they want us in there is to pay for everybody else's Paris Accord. That's what we've always been good at is paying everybody yeah. else's share. And and that's the irony of all these things. You know, they want us to be included in these, you know, it's good. We want to be clean. I, the America is going to progress towards energy efficiency, the electric car. Tesla didn't happen because of the government. Tesla mm -hmm. happened because a demand and a businessman who saw an opportunity. And now he's going to be one of the richest people in the world because that worked. And, and that's how natural progression happens. If you force it through the government, guess what? You end up with an inefficient pro program, which has no accountability and the people don't want. And then you're stuck with something that's, that's not accountable, that's not making money, that now the government has to supplement instead of something that actually is efficient and progressing in the right direction. And by the way, if you look at our reliance on fossil fuels and our explosion of, of energy, mm -hmm. natural re replenishing energy, it's all based on the private sector, not on public. Absolutely. And, and that's what we need to keep on reinforcing. Well, you're wrong about one thing. Government does one thing extremely well. It spends money. Spends, I was going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee you they can spend it more than better than anybody else. If you don't believe it, ask them. Um, well, tell us why this race... And, and I know the reason, but tell me why this race to you personally is particularly important and why it is really important to the citizens of this country. Sure. Well, twofold. First of all, we have to realize that the opportunities we have here in Georgia as well as nationally will be based on our tax rates, on regulation. Uh, if you're going to have the Green New Deal, which, by the way, uh, will not be new for very long. People will get very, very uh, oh. sick of it. Uh, the Green New Deal would be destructive. Uh, it would absolutely ruin the job market. It would not help us be cleaner because we are, like I said, we're already on the leading edge of that. Uh, they're trying to force something through government regulation that we're already doing anyways at the cost of trillions of dollars of, of uh, taxation. And that's on top of the free healthcare, the free education, the free, 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 free. And by the way, with education, there's no accountability either. You can get a degree for $200,000 that you can't even use. You're unemployed. Mm -hmm. That The government now wants to pay for that, by the way. So there's no natural evolution towards technical colleges or the military or anything else that might help us as a country find the gaps that we actually need to fill. But instead, we're going to allow you to choose any major you want at any college you want and pay for it, even though the colleges don't have do any, you a bit of good. The colleges don't have any checks and balances on how much they charge. The government's just going to pay it. You see, it's never done spending money, and, and that's why I say we have to have the natural accountability and flow of the American people deciding where their money goes. And this this election will very much determine whether we're in control of our own destiny, or if whoever has enough money to influence elections can control where the money goes, what the government gives it to. And by the way, that's why you're seeing the bigger the government is. Remember, most politicians on both sides, by the way, 
will pay more attention to lobbyists and special interests than they will to their own people. If you look at the list of top 10 things we yep. care about and what the lobbyists care about, guess what they focus 90% of their time on? With the lobbyists, because that's where they get their money from. Now, you want to expand that and think we're going to get a fair shake moving forward that we're going to have. With those big businesses that we all like to demonize, by the way, mm-hmm. we'll still get their tax breaks. They'll still get opportunities. They'll still get their monopolies. And we, the people, will be stuck with the bill because we will still get taxed because we can't stand up for each other. Because the ultimate minority, by the way, is an individual. And if we're not careful to protect our individual rights, all those special lobbyists, which we've done nothing to curtail, will own us in the future. So we have to stand up for ourselves right now, get our government back, make sure that the private sector is in control of this government, and that since it's not realistic to shrink our government because we've shown no propensity. It's not going to happen. Either Republican or Democrat. What we need to do is draw a line in the sand, keep the government from growing, and then grow the economy so we can outgrow government because that's our only hope, really, realistically speaking. Yeah, it's not going down. Nope. Everybody's, so, everybody's what, it, what we're spending money on, if you're spending it for me, it's great. If you're spending it for somebody else, it needs to be That's cut. right. And they're going to try to demonize it, saying we're going to try to take away their Social Security. That's, that couldn't be further from the truth. Matter of fact, Absolutely. Social Security is money that I spent into, right? I, you and I yeah. paid into Social Security all of our lives. How can they take money that I put into there? That nobody's going to do that. Not Republican, not Democrat. Don't tell me I'm taking away anybody's health care, nobody's Social Security care. Uh, this, is, this is money that should have already been in the system. Why is it not there? Because our government has pilfered that money that we paid into the entire time. They've taken that money and spent it poorly. And, and, and the, once again, if you, if you trust the government to fix the problems that they created, then you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. I am all about you, you need to divide that money. If I'm paying in the government for my future, that should if, if you're not going to handle it, why not let me put it into a private account and I will make sure that it gets back to me. Some people have tried that and they won't let them do it. No, they won't because they think <laughs> the government power. They think the government can do it better than us. Yeah. But then, then they turn around, they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. They it's say having power over people. The government can do it better than you. And oh, by the way, now it's bankrupt because we spent all your money. Yeah. So, so which is it? Is the government better or worse? It's obviously worse. Well, I've never seen anything really that the government is really focuses on and does well, period. Uh, if it comes down to the private, getting private enterprise, look at what President Trump has done. He has taken all of these things that government supposedly used to do in all control, such as uh, coming up with a vaccine. That's a good example. He's brought in the private corporations, brought in things that are outside of government, eliminated the hurdles in their way and look at where we are in a few months we've done something that would have normally taken years to do people say oh it's not going to come well it's going to come they're too close so it is going to happen there's just so much of that you get the government and the regulations out of the way let people develop doing natural capitalistic activity and then so what that you know that's what makes it develop you've got capitalism you've got socialism you know, capitalism works. Socialism only works if the people have money that capitalism creates to give them. And when that's out, we're screwed. Yeah. Socialism is only a patch that, that leads to destruction. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that every single word. Is, and, and it's like the – I saw a great comic the other day. It showed this big outlet on the wall, and it showed these people with a fork. And they said, well, it's never worked before, but I'm sure it'll work this time. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, I can, and you could almost, you could almost see the hair curl. Well, you know, there's just so much going on during this thing. Is there anything, any other particular message that you'd like to get out here for people to, to hear? Realize that the, the more we decentralize government, also the better. There is no doubt that California's 
way different from Georgia, which is way different from South Carolina, which is way different from New York. The more we disseminate power, the more we as individuals benefit. I think Georgia has been one of the quickest growing states for the last six years at least. Uh, if you look at why some states are shrinking, some are, are growing, of course you'd want to cop copy the more successful models. Same thing with countries around the world. Look at what's working. You may not like what President Trump says. A lot of people don't like uh, sometimes. It hurts my campaign to hear what he says. He can get Twitter happy. Yep, because, and it's not because you know, at least you know where he stands. He's the guy exactly. that, that's at the party who says what he wants to say, and, and he's wearing it on his sleeve, so at least you know where he stands. But, but in the end, the question is, four years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, are your children and your children's children going to have more or less opportunities? Are they going to have the American dream? Are people going to continue to come to America because of all the opportunities we've always had because of what we've always been? Or are we going to fundamentally change what America stands for and no longer be that great beacon, no longer be that great opportunity, not, no longer have the upward mobility that America has provided all along because we decided that we wanted to copy something else that has never in the history of mankind worked? And that's the real thing we need to face. Well, you're absolutely right. It it, is, it hasn't worked. It isn't going to work. And I'm, I'm like you. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that he does that's that's rough and gruff. But what he says, you know where he stands. He doesn't play politics. That's right. The man is totally open, totally candid, and he loves America. And and if you want to, you see, do too. Yeah. And if you want to see somebody who's going to take on special interests, I've never seen a president take on pharmaceuticals. In, in my lifetime. Uh, I've never seen a president take on China, which I've been hearing about my entire lifetime. Since mm -hmm. I was a little kid, I heard, oh, our, our trade deals are unfair. We've been treated unfair by these countries. The UN, I've watched the UN in person and the way they've treated us. Um, this is the first president who just doesn't kowtow to people. He doesn't have special interests electing him. He doesn't, they didn't get him into power. The people did. Absolutely. And that's why he will tackle some things that no other president and no other party would ever do. And that's the one thing I appreciate about this president. Absolutely. Well, if someone wants to get in touch with you, your campaign, I know you've got some events coming up. How do they do that? Who do they contact? What numbers? Yes, sir. So the best way to get a hold of us is richmccormick.us. Uh, McCormick spelled just like the spice. richmccormick.us is our website. It has different contact ways. It has a, you can donate. You can get involved. Uh, we'd love, we have an army of volunteers. It's our strength. We have a great ground game, a lot of excitement. Uh, I'm really excited moving forward. Well, it's been great having you here and, and having you get the story out. I hope more people listen. And, and as I always tell people, the most important thing about voting is to vote informed. Yes, sir. Reach out. Do your own research. I'll say it again. Don't do what mama does or daddy does or your sister or your brother or your third cousin. You look out and you handle it your way, have a mind of your own, do the research, and you vote for the person that you feel is doing what will be best for you in your life. Well, again, thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. And remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. Be sure and hit that subscribe button while you're out there. It would help me out a lot, and I'd really appreciate it. So join us next week at 1130, and we'll talk with business leaders about their businesses, related security issues in today's world. And that's what we've been talking about today is the security of our state and our nation. 
So thank you again to my guest, Dr. Rich McCormick. And for our producer, Mike and Amanda, I'm Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.